Hey guys, welcome back to the Too Heavy Wrestling Podcast. You have myself, the wondrous Clayton Love today, the amazing Edward Cooney, and the illustrious Zachary Craig, here to bring you with another update in the world of wrestling for this past week. We are absent. Our friend, dear partner, Randall Barack Hussein Obama Rusin, as he decided this past week to be a grown man and propose to his longtime girlfriend. So while we are happy for him in the ah! future endeavors in his life, um, boo for trying to be a man. Boo and hiss. You're, you're hiss. saying that to the two already engaged people in this. Yo, I didn't know his name sounded so majestic. It sounds majestic when I say it. Oh, yeah. Barack. <laughs> <laughs> Randall Gordo Roseanne. Randall Roseanne Rusan. <laughs> like See. from the hit TV show Roseanne. Yes. That's mm. his name on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> with the with the part that says from the hit TV show Roseanne. Yes. That's what it is in my phone. Yeah. <laughs> so wrestling. So in the world of wrestling, guys. Let's talk about those money in the bank qualifiers. Start with Raw. Uh, well, honestly, I'm going to start with the cooler match, in my opinion, which was Shinsuke and Bronson Reed. That was, uh, from what I saw in highlights, because I, I did not catch the full show, great match. I think it made Shinsuke look really good because I know he just came off a loss the week before. Yeah. Which, based off the trajectory of what we want to see Shinsuke go in, we didn't expect him to lose anytime soon because mm -hmm. we were expecting a world title match in the future. So I think it's a great way to get back on track. Uh, Bronson Reed was about to get counted out, rolled back into the ring, got hit with Kinshasa, second time in the match. So it made Bronson Reed look powerful for being able to get out of a Kinshasa in the first place. So I think it went really well for him. It's one of those things we talk about Bronson Reed a lot. He doesn't have to take the win as long as he doesn't look bad in his loss. I'm all steam ahead on Bronson Reed, Luke. But, but that's me. Do you think he should be in the Money in the Bank? No. No. I think he, like I had said before, I think he is an IC title contender at the moment. But, like, even being able to, like, I, I think that shows more skill because I know uh, with a previous match that happened, I, a North American title match, he was in a five-way North American title match in NXT. Yep. Killed it. Mm -hmm. yeah, let me be clear. I'm not doubting his capabilities to work a multi-man multi-leveled because of the ladders right. type of match in this year's 2023 money in the bank match if Brownson reed is not jeff hardy and off a ladder or getting put through a ladder i don't know what purpose he serves in that match because we're nobody i, I think i can say is going to think that he i was has about to say he better tsunami off a freaking ladder <laughs> i i do have a theory so Zach, I don't know if you know who this person is because it's NXT UK, but you know Dave Mastiff. Yes. If he does that cannonball that Dave Mastiff used to do, I you need to look this up because do. this is like a 350-pound guy jumping halfway across the ring into a cannonball into the corner. Yeah. It's so cool. It's If you could make that spot happen with a weapon or environmental and you don't get a Joey Mercury situation, then yes. Yeah. I, I would be 
10 toes down on Bronson Reed being involved in the match. Right, definitely. Without that, I think you can take what Bronson Reed represents right now, a shorter statured monster heel. Right. And have that represented by two or more heels during the match and get the same effect. I don't think that in terms of, because we're obviously going to talk about all the qualifiers, I don't think in terms of positioning inside of WWE right now, you can definitively say Bronson Reed is above Montez. No. And if Montez isn't in the match, Bronson Reed's not in the match. The, the thing this year, like I said, after when we were talking about the after WrestleMania landscape of WWE, I, like I said, it's a big reset right now. These qualifiers are really telling on who they're really going to be focusing on over the next little while. And, Definitely. you know, even the people who lose, just because they were in the qualifier match, it tells that they're on the radar in some capacity. Right. Except for Lacey Evans. Which, so be it. I mean, I wish Lacey Evans' character developed way better than where it has been, but that's a... Like, nor here nor there thing to me <laughs> i don't know i don't know what else they can do for her at this point no now would you salute her clayton's like if she was face to face with me right now maybe <laughs> why does she want everyone to salute her because that's the thing with all of her gimmicks it has one hyper focused part of it yeah and that just becomes the main parodying point but then nothing else happens to make it interesting beyond a vignette and tired of it. Like she should yeah. be a free agent. Send her into NXT. Like you just sent Mustafa and Baron Corbin down this Which week. Which I'm also very mad about uh, considering the matches that are happening next week that both the uh, free agents who now went to NXT uh, are in qualifier matches for the money in the bank next week. Yeah, I don't like that too much. I feel like the free agents. I, I okay. There is definitely a spot for free agents. I like the concept of free agents, but like, there we we have to establish as a whole. There's SmackDown, there's Raw, and there's free agents that qualify. I feel like we always think SmackDown Raw because they are the two premier brands. There ain't no free agent brand. Mm-hmm. Like right now, the other thing is is that like we so I, I mean we're jumping ahead a little bit because we haven't even gotten to SmackDown, but um. It's like Cameron Grimes. He's having a promo against Baron Corbin because he sees that he was on NXT this week, and he told Adam Pearce, like, hey, you know, next time he shows up here, it's not going to be good for him. So, like, that clearly tells that probably sometime or some during his Money in the Bank qualifier match next week that something's going to happen to Corbin through Cameron Grimes. But that's also telling the why isn't Cameron Grimes in the Money in the Bank qualifier match instead of him. That is a man who, again, through the same five way I was talking about with Bronson Reed, showed how creative he is. He showed, and I also think it's just exposure from him being able to grow in the business with best high flyers ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it works really well in his favor, just being on a team like that. And I don't know if you guys know who Andrew Everett is. The name sounds... Yeah. So... Uh, kind of their biggest thing. They were both in PWG, did a lot of matches. Uh, they were also a part of, I, I guess, like Shane Helms. He was in TNA for a little bit, and right. they were like his tag team. Okay. 
uh they did some stuff with the hardys and again both north carolina guys they are the and i mean this in like i think of course like kind of based off indie promotions again i've said the rascals are probably pound for pound the best athletes mm-hmm. that i've seen come up i'd say these guys are a close second like tre- or like trevor lee andrew everett they were the so good at what they did made the most innovative moves it's like whatever mustafa ali's finishing move is where he does like a 450 but like facing backwards andrew everett does the same thing but like he gets a jumping start like he jumps as high as he possibly can before he does it right it's so cool but i think cameron grimes and this baron corbin rivalry personally i think baron corbin's stale it's good for him to go to to nxt maybe give him some relevancy but like we don't know where that's going to go because he is a free agent yeah my biggest thing was the fact that baron corbin lost that way to cameron grimes to show up in nxt to then have Cameron Grimes show up on SmackDown talking about him going to NXT, but then Baron Corbin's in the qualifier match and Cameron Grimes isn't. I feel bad for Baron Corbin, but at the same time, again, stale product, but going to make Carmelo Hayes look good because Baron Corbin is not a bad wrestler whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Going to make Cameron Grimes look good. Again, not a bad wrestler Maybe whatsoever. Maybe Grimes will uh, attack Corbin before the match and he'll insert himself into that qualifier match instead. I'm okay with that if it happens going into the start of the qualifying match. I hate when they do that the day Elliot. Right. I yeah. do agree with that. Um, but kind of on to another point with the other qualifying match. Ricochet against Miz, Mr. High Flyer yeah. getting into the match. Expected. Yeah. Ricochet has the Kofi Kingston spot. Right. Miz doesn't need to be involved. Well, I didn't uh, even he realize gives le- he gives it legitimacy with Ricochet right. beating him. I didn't even realize, but Braun's injured anyway, so that's. Oh, I didn't know that either. He just had a reconstructive surgery on his neck. Good old fusion surgery that a lot of people seem to be having more. Man does have a beefy neck too. Yeah. So that gives Ricochet some time to shine as a singles competitor if they're going to let him. I'm trying to look up. Look at me just being. The perfect podcaster. Okay, there were no women's qualifying matches on Raw. No, I didn't remember the only there women's any. qualifying match was on SmackDown with Zelina going over oh. the amalgamation of Lacey Evans's new bit. Um, I think an interesting the other qualifying match on SmackDown um, with LA Knight and Montez Ford. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, once more with feeling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Moving on. <laughs> um, one, I think it was a really nice worked match for what it was. It's very it was very interesting to me at least that LA Knight was so over that they were actively booing Montez. And more importantly, because Bianca did this at Backlash when she was getting booed. Montez kind of leaned into it, the fact that he was getting booed, mm-hmm. um, which to me is like a sign of increased ring awareness yeah. that you need to have when the crowd's just not with you, when you're doing a face and an anti-hero at best yeah. matchup. Yeah, doing the, oh, come on. Well, come on, guys. Come on. Let's go. It's me. You know you're over if they're booing Montez Ford. Yes. That's crazy. I, and, okay, also, is it Megastar season? 
is it time for him to win? I don't want him to win the world title. I do want to point that out. I feel like he'd be awesome just holding that briefcase. He will be untouchable want, with that briefcase. I, we've talked about it before. I want him to do what we've talked about. So I've always said that LA Knight was going to be the Money in the Bank winner. But I want him to be the first person that carries it all the way until the next Money in the Bank. Right. You can make that work. And But I, so the thing is, it. though... If they build him up enough as the Money in the Bank briefcase holder to where he just literally just says he doesn't care about cashing it in and it works that way, I still want him to win at the end of it. I can't fathom him going that long and then just losing. Well, you know Adam Pierce's, and I won't need to get your thoughts on this too, but I feel like Adam Pierce just pulling like, hey, it's getting closer to Money in the Bank. Like, are you going to cash this in? I feel like him being on a deadline would be like so cool for him because he's probably going to be as calm, cool, and collected as possible. Mm-hmm. And like somehow, some way, he's going to capitalize with that. But like, if he wins, I will be thoroughly surprised based off of. We get his the age. Cody payoff and then he just comes out. Yeah. <laughs> the whole universe would be over. I love that for the chaos. But I truly think. That would be detrimental. Whoever wins, whoever wins the briefcase is cashing in on Roman night of SummerSlam. Roman has no more dates after SummerSlam. That I don't believe that, but I, I can I, I can roll with that until it happens. But I I still think that Roman's he, carrying it well into September of next year. He's going to pass Pedro Morales regardless. Yeah, he's he's passing up the next one. The rumors that he's going to pass Hulk Hogan too. Why? <laughs> Wouldn't that mean he'd win past WrestleMania go next until year? September of it next would be, year. Yeah, September next year. Dude, me, me and Randy, like we just, uh, we, me and Randy, talking about this on the last episode. Like it's just really hard to see that. I know it is, and I, I really don't want it to happen either. The big thing for me that I want is I want this bloodline story to play out as if one by one, because like. Technically, it's one out of the three are kind of fully against him. Right. Jay is kind of playing that I'm in the middle. Solo's like I'm fully with Roman. And I think slowly, one by one, Jimmy will verse Roman, lose. Jay will turn finally, verse Roman, lose. And then Solo will finally be like, hey, I'm going to turn now. And then Roman will have absolutely nobody to the point that it would be either the perfect opportunity for Cody to come back and win or the Money in the Bank winner to come back and win, but it's going to result in blood bloodline beatdown on Roman to since leave him already, lifeless. Yeah, since we already got into it, might as well keep continuing mm-hmm. as well. Uh, what I think about Roman Reigns, and I feel like once he loses it, I'm going, like, no offense to whoever our next champion is, but I'm going to miss Roman pretty quickly, and I make it sound like I don't want Roman to be the champion, but whenever Roman is the champion and we go to a, any event, I've had the most fun with that because yes. he is such an interactive champion with the fans. I think the bloodline, hear me out, top, space three, space. top three faction of all time because of what they're doing right now. Yes. For sure, in my I opinion. I think that's inarguable. I think literally NWO, Four Horsemen, bloodline. Yeah, I think they're higher than DX. Sue yeah. me. Uh, I Definitely think, not the success DX had. No. At face value, so yeah. I have no qualms against that. And before 
Zach and I were talking about this earlier. I feel like this is the perfect opportunity for another swerve to happen that we don't expect. Hear me out. Jay turns on Jimmy. I think that's going to happen because with how SmackDown ended with Solo teasing, oh, I'm with the Usos. No, I'm not. Eat the spike, Jimmy. I think that's going to lead to Roman and Solo versus the Usos at Money in the Bank. Roman and Solo are going to win. Royal Rumble style beatdown on Jimmy specifically after the match. And I think Jay is going to try to walk away and Roman's going to pull him back. No, you do this right now or you're out. And then he does it. Yep. And then he's going to kick Jimmy right in the face. And I think that's perfect for him and his character. And I think based off, if, if we're talking about like bloodiest beatdowns, bloodiest rivalries, just like most overpowering, just cinema, those two are going to be the best thing yes. for WWE in the future. Those two fighting. That is a fight forever type of moment, in my opinion. So I feel like that'll work. Yeah, Yeah. very much so. And uh, Zach also pointed out theory, and I want you to broadcast that. But like, to me, that's the best thing. But I wanted you to present your theory that you talked about earlier, too. Which one? Uh, Kind of the turnout, or not necessarily theory, but what you heard about the bloodline. Solo, like kind of beaten down. I want to present it for you. Well, I don't remember which one you're talking about. Okay, everyone turns on Roman. Well, yeah. I mean, ultimately, I think it's going to play out one by one. Mm -hmm. I think that's how it's going to be played out. But I don't think it's going to be where you guys are talking about, where Jay ends up falling in line. I think it's going to be the full start of the full turn. But it's going to take a certain moment for Solo to finally pull the trigger, and Solo is going to be the final piece. And it's going to be, it's starting with Jimmy. Jimmy's going to get beat down to the point that, you know, Jay's not going to take it anymore. Jay's going to turn in and go after uh, Roman like he did back in 2020. And then it's going to take Solo and Roman to try and go after Jay. And then Solo's going to see Jay get beat down so hard that both of his brothers are now beaten to a pulp and they can't do anything. And that's where Solo's going to make his final decision, which is to turn on Roman. And that's where Solo's moment is going to be. And I don't think he's going to end up winning against Roman. But I think he's going to have one hell of a match against Roman. And that's going to be the biggest feat that they could give Solo at this point in his career. You also did mention that Roman would turn face. Yeah. So, I mean, at that point, once that whole thing shifted, is that it would take Roman turning face because it's now all three of them versus him as the lone survivor. But with Roman then losing the title and falling back to his only other brother that's been in the WWE, which is Seth Rollins. Um, there was an Wrestling Observer report earlier this that internally WWE would still like to turn Roman into superhero face. Down the road. Whatever down the road means. Okay. Which I would say is at least minimum two and a half years out from now. Well, it's going to be him losing the title, and then he's going to be gone forever, and his return is going to be as the superhero face. He, if, that would be the only time they could turn him. If he came back as heel, there'd be no other time frame to turn him back into a face again. I, I agree completely with that, but I'm going to go down a little bit of the history line because I know too much of it. 
I'm I'm just looking at the greatest heels of all time and why they either should have stayed heel, shouldn't have stayed heel, whatever. One of the guys who I'm thinking of who did not go face, thank, I, I don't know how they'd even be able to find a way for Ted DiBiase to go face, but mm -mm. bless that they did. Roddy Piper went face. After all he was doing, he went face. Vince found a way to make him face. And like there were some very cool moments of him being face. I'm not going to get that wrong. But in my opinion, he was one of the best heels ever. And I don't think you should have turned that. Roman Reigns right now is, again, top three heel ever right now. The way he is acting, the way he is doing everything. I feel like, like I, I understand. Turning heel saved him. Turning heel absolutely saved him. And like, I agree with the aspect of, hey, if he comes back, like, that'd be, it, it's either you have him go heel or you heal the, hear the crowd's reactions like, well, crap, now we have to turn him face. But it's like, it's so difficult to see, like, honestly, for the past 30 years, the most perfect heel go that route. Well, and they did, they did, I, my perfect metaphor for him is they did what they were never going to do with John Cena with right. him. Because John Cena had plenty of opportunities to turn heel to change the dynamic in his character. He had the Doctor of Thugonomics where he was technically a heel, and then he was the uber baby face that never was going to turn heel anymore. But there was times that people were getting tired of John Cena and the way he was, so like they were showing little shades of him turning heel, but never pulled the trigger. Right. If they would have done that same thing with Roman, and he just stayed that superhero on this guy that WWE wants to push forever gimmick he would have been eaten alive by now and he would not be in this uh role that he is in right, right now mm -hmm. now I'm thinking of something else too and I was about to say the last great heel but in my opinion that that's not the case I think Randy Orton heel work was fantastic but I kind of, and, and this is adding we're, on. We're talking 2009 Randy Orton. 2009 Randy Orton, yeah. absolutely. I'm going to bring something up and kind of, I guess, branch off of another point you made earlier. Uh, Triple H. Mm -hmm. Triple H is, in my opinion, the best heel of all time. In WWE terms. In WWE terms. Ric Flair is the best heel of all time. Triple H, heel terms, WWE, best heel. I I understand. Okay. Continue your thought. Triple I'm, H, I'm not, not going to argue. It was right place, right time. Right. Exactly. It only made sense for the time frame he was in. What made him go face? What made him go face again in 2006? Wasn't that wasn't that post blown quad? No, that was like 2002. So he went his giant heel run in mm -hmm. like early 2000s. Squad came back face, evolution, heel. Then after all of that, had a feud with like Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels. What happened after? Not trying to quiz you on the spot, but this kind of has to go with what I wanted to say next. Oh, just fill in the blanks because I don't recall. Uh, this, <laughs> out of all people, I thought I'd mention the Spirit Squad beat up Shawn Michaels. Triple H was Shawn Michaels saving grace. Hence, DX came back. Right. Right. I think you know where I'm going with this. Yes. Hence your point. Is that the only way to turn Roman Reigns' face if you put Seth Rollins with him? 
or how would you go about doing that perfect that, terms? That, i mean that makes sense i mean the thing is though it's really hard to predict right now because if they keep the draft the way it is they're already on separate shows i think i think for roman and seth quickly more so than any other talent on the roster um when assessing them as characters we have to evolve our thinking beyond just face it you know Absolutely. because i think at face value regardless of how the title reign is you can take roman exactly how he is right now right you can take seth exactly how he is right now and that is a main event of a wrestlemania for any of the next three you don't have to change anything about their characters they can be the exact same i want no, to see I mean, that we already got that match at royal rumble last right. year I, I i i want to yes, yes but seth i would I, say he was, even he in was the, evolving at that time into his character i think seth might be in much like roman's in his final form right now i think seth's in his final form now i, I believe so got the crowd engagement he has the crowd work his health has kept up since he tore up his knee it's kind of a sad stuff. part in history right now when you think about it because we got to watch their rise from where they started and we all, we already thought we got a lot of the best of those two in some parts of their character, especially Seth because he had the Beast Slayer gimmick, he had just the slang gimmick in general, and I mean everything, uh, the blueprint, everything. And uh, overall... It's just weird to see that now it, it's coming to the point where they were in seeing the the start to the latter half of their career. Right. What you said earlier, megastar. Seth's in his megastar mode. Yeah. I completely agree. Unquestionable. Like, Roman, Seth, Cody, Brock, just by default, because it's yeah. Brock. Those are your megastars. I completely agree with that. Um, so to answer your overarching point about do you need do they need to turn Roman face? I personally think no, because I don't know about you guys. I heard more cheers than boos when either the time we were in the audience for Raw SmackDown. So to that end, I don't think they need to do anything. I don't think to the turn moniker has to apply to him. No, like, yeah, you're going to have your bloodline fallout, and that will add to the minutia that is Roman's character right now. Which Roman is Roman. Roman's yes. not a heel or a face. It's Roman as being He's Roman. Just right. Show up, smash everyone, leave. Yeah. The same thing he, for he Seth. Does, it's does heel-ish things. He also has the capacity to do face things, but, like, no, just leave his character exactly how it is it essentially truly what amounts to eek cena without it feeling just shoved down our throat my big thing that i think will find will get me to the point where i'm full on on the road with or like on the ball with roman is that i need post bloodline but him dominate as himself right mm -hmm. not have his bloodline with him because a lot of his current reign 
I mean, talk about the Brock versus Roman matches all you want to and what he did before the bloodline was a thing. But the majority of his reign over the last three years has been as a part of some form of bloodline. I need a Roman Reigns without a bloodline that can still carry the character he's portraying. So what you want is Roman Reigns right after coming back from leukemia, just before the Thunderdome? No, I want this Roman Reigns without them three. I want him to show that he doesn't need anybody, but still have the cadence of being the best in the company and best in the world. Honestly, Roman, when he came back in the Thunderdome era, was kind of yeah. like that. Yeah. It was, he, he was starting on. to, yeah. but now it's like a radiating thing. Like, he portrays himself as a god of wrestling at this point. And, but you look back at his last few matches, it was all because someone else helped him win. Right. So it's just, and the bad part about it is he's going to have to lose the title most likely before the bloodline's away from him. That's the other part to it, too. So... It's kind of a double-edged sword. Yes, I want to see a different side of Roman Reigns, but I also need to get the bloodline away from him at the same time, but they're both going to happen at the same time. I just think, like, in terms of what I want to see from world champion, bloodline, Roman Reigns, whatever it may be, I just think, like, there are certain stars that just... Uh, a faction helps them. faction helps them a ton. When Roman is an individual superstar, it's awesome. There have been really good moments from him individually, but all of his grand achievements come from a faction. Oh, yeah. In my opinion. He won mm. that one world title. Well, not one world title. He won, I, I think, individually, his best win was against Sheamus for the world title just because of the significance of, like, Sheamus beat him, then he won it. Like, I guess just how the pieces fell into place. I think Roman right now, I, I don't want to ever see him as a face. Because if he's a heel, the, the fans love him more. If he's face, the fans fucking hate him. Yes. Like, it is perfect that the fans know better than anybody. The fans are the people who are absorbing the product. Let him do what he's doing. Well, that's why, that's why I say Roman's Roman. Because yeah. it's not... Because if, if they did portray Roman as a face, he would get booed. Absolutely. Just like John Cena. When he is super uber face, he gets booed because it's the thing. They don't want to see him like that. So it's if, if Roman was to get a moniker of, hey, he's the good guy now, they're not going to like it. Right. No, no. It's just let, go, let Roman be him. He could be this badass dude that doesn't want to. Uh, or that is this cocky guy, and you know he might help somebody here and there, but it's because Roman wanted to do it, not because he was meant to, because of his character. Let's also imagine a time where, in going through history, only two people have done the impossible, beating Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, beating The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Imagine a heel Roman Reigns beating The Undertaker at WrestleMania. In my opinion... That would be so much more significant. Oh yeah. So just just one one thing I want to ask. Yes. Um. An uber athletic wrestler beating the unholy dog crap out of a past his time but legendary 
wrestler wasn't heel in and of itself. Like, I don't, I don't, yes, he was a quote unquote face going into that match. Well, no, that was the peak of the shove down the Roman era. I mean, like, he didn't have as much context to his character. I, I think you were kind of going into it. The, the big dog, it's his yard. Like, very cliche, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Very Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Yeah. Bloodline. Like, hey, if Vince made the bloodline, sure. Awesome. Roman, Jay, Jimmy, Solo. Honestly, I'll, I'll blame Paul Heyman for this because I honestly feel like this is a lot of Paul Heyman. This is Paul Heyman's love child. Because, like, that... And having, especially having Paul Heyman at ringside for that too, having the same reaction that he had with Brock, like we, I can't be as over for one world champion in, at least in my time, than we have been with Roman Reigns. He's not my favorite superstar of all time. Mm-mm. He's not my favorite heel of all time, but like just what he's done, uh, I guess the prestige he's brought to this title the undisputed titles. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think you can beat that. Like he's done so much. And just like you, and this is just me putting ple- or pieces in history trying to be like, Oh, what could he have done? If he did this, what could he have done? If he'd done that, mm-hmm. those are fairy tales. It's not a big deal, but like having him where he's at right now, like we may hate it, but what if he holds it for another thousand days? The, super negative what if of that is I was reading a stat earlier today where in CM Punk's 434 WWE title reign he defended the belt like 139 times right Romans at less than 40 for the WWE championship and isn't over 60 for the universal championship Say whatever you will about how shows they count, they don't count. No, he's he's having a pre-TV era title run. He's having the Pe- Pedro Morales title run where they weren't televised every week to have him defend it, and half the time they didn't even know where he was to go defend it at. Yeah, there's yeah. literally some circus, hang a poster up on the wall type stuff. Yeah, Like, this new... And we'll segue into this after, but this new belt his reduction of a belt the sixth presentation of this exact same belt design in the past 10 years (laughs) with the same podium for when the rock introduced the title separate argument for another day um this the belt feels like an accessory to bloodlines and i'm okay with that if mother effing Austin Theory was doing something with the U.S. title, effectively have an inactive U.S. title in post WrestleMania, an inactive undisputed title on SmackDown because he was working as the working champion. Gunther was defending on SmackDown because Roman wasn't there. I think we need to hop into this, and then I do want to get back to the championship thing. Mm-hmm. How- okay, first off, I love Pretty Deadly fantastic team they made austin theory look way better than he was last night i would go even further to say they would and they would never do this because of the tribalism but the way that six-man tag match was worked be against a trio's belt 
with him with anybody in the company okay because they they're already talking about adding an extra hour to smackdown (laughs) why i don't know but advertising if i had to guess i wouldn't be against that because i've noticed a I've noticed, and I think I might have even said this the first time I was on the podcast, I've noticed an increased quality and time that they're being given, whether it's standard two-on-two, three-on-three, four-on-four, or in the case of that mess on Raw, four teams of two, they're getting time to work. And if you're getting time to work tag team matches, you can tell better stories now. I just feel like they need to fix the full, like, Figure out the tag team division before you're trying to make a trios division. You're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. You have all the pieces you need to make a perfect tag team division. Like, literally, you have the best tag teams in the world. They did really good on SmackDown right. this week. They had uh, the OC finally in a match as a tag team. Except, you know, like, you know, they had to wait until AJ got home to do it. But it was still, they finally got into a match. And then, you know, Pretty Deadly was in a trios tag team match, but they're getting shown off as a tag team. Like, it's... and so, I mean, the Brawling Brutes are the same thing, but you had the two singles guys that are versing each other in the match, too. So it, it made sense for it, because now you're going to see a Pretty Deadly versus uh, Rich Holland and uh, Butch match sometime down the road, too. So, I mean, like, it, it's... I mean, the, the play is there. We really need to see what Kevin Owen and Sammy are going to continue to do now that they're past the bloodline part. Because it seems like they're not going to touch that anymore. They talked about it on Monday, and now it seems like they're done. They didn't show up on SmackDown. I mean, it seems like they are going to move on, but now they need new contenders. Since we're all about unification right now and given new titles, unify those two titles, give SmackDown their titles. Like... In my opinion, simple, easy, effective. You let other teams show out. Like this, what we have had in the past couple of years, it's been fantastic. I think Jimmy and Jay winning those titles and unifying them, great for them mm-hmm. as a tag team and helped solidify why they are one of the best tag teams of all time. But like Sammy and Kevin are going to go off against Imperium from what it sounds like. You have all of these tag teams on SmackDown. Honestly, like, Pretty Deadly is a great heel tag team. I could see them doing something with that. But again, I, I do want to branch out onto the hour, the extra hour. Like, they need to figure out a way to fill in time with wrestling. Yes. Not with stories. Which, yes. as, as much as I love storytelling, and I think that's the cool thing about professional wrestling, you get to see, you get to see stories involved. But you have too much bulk to your roster, and you're not cutting them yet, but you want to add on an additional hour? That's early. Yeah, so like do something. Like, I don't know when they're gonna add that additional hour, but why trim off your roster and then add an additional hour? That doesn't make very much Just sense. Do my to me. idea, make a money in the bank for tag teams. I would love that. That'd be fantastic. Um all right. <laughs> Let's segue. <laughs> I just I, I had a train of thought and I just lost it like that. New belt design. What do we think? I'm not okay with it right now. We, we actually talked about this before you came in, too. I like the fact that, like, I, I think when you think of those title designs, you have to think Roman Reigns. Like, those are Roman's titles, and that design, if I'm going to be honest, is Roman's. 
based off the amount of time he's held said titles. Like when I think that title design, mm-hmm. I I besides Brock, I can't see anyone else in my mind holding that title. You know what the only thing that would have made me like that belt because of the gold background and because it made me think of his gauntlets is putting the Roman Reigns logo where the WWE logo is. Because I seen I seen a render of it with the Roman logo, but it was an all red belt and it didn't look right. But now that I know that that gold is there, that they would have put the two R's there and made it like custom to him because he owns those belts. That would be the only thing I would say would have made me like that better. But it it's just like you said, rehashing the belt for what the sixth time over the last ten years. Yep. Same belt design, same plate design. You're just changing the accents, and well, talk I, about being excited. They just re they reintroduced the world heavyweight championship with the redesign. My big hope was that they were gonna be like, "Here's Wing Deagle," but with the WWE logo slapped on it. That's another thing I wanted to talk about too, and I talked to Zach about this. I like when you invent a belt or redesign a current belt. In in my opinion, hey, I I missed the Wing Wing Deagle title. Shoot, sometimes I miss the spinner title. There's a lot in history that was really cool, but it was meant for the certain person who introduced that title. I think like, hey, Big Gold would always be cool to see that. But like in Cody Rhodes instance, I think it worked for him mm-hmm. to bring that title back. But like, I don't think we need an old title unless someone who has family lineage, rich history in wrestling is bringing that title back. Like, I think that title works perfect for Roman. Some type of cadence to call back for right, it. Exactly. Um... I'm a lot of people. It just feels hosting. very bland. Yeah. The design like that really the only real change is the big, the, the gold plating behind the WWE logo, which fine, whatever. I actually hate that it's being called the Universal title. Like I 100% hate that. So because they basically retired the WWE championship. How, do, how do you retire the championship? Yeah. Bring back. Uh, new revolution of big gold cool but they, but they also did say that this big gold is new lineage there is it's not so going it doesn't even carry the same lineage. lineage so a new age brand new big gold okay if you cool. go to seth's title reign it says previous title reign zero longest title reign his and then right. however long he's had it so but the other i mean the other even if it wasn't winged eagle just like the if they would have done the Brock and Eddie era undisputed belt with the WWE logo slapped on it. Like it would have still felt like they were going back to a championship. Like that meant something instead of it being the big WWE logo again, like just how it's been over the last 10 years, the the world heavyweight championship, I personally love and people don't like it for some reason, but, and people, people always gripe that it's the, uh, the logo being plastered over the front, but like, all the other companies who have belts do it too. So it's yeah. hard to argue it anyway, but I just, I didn't think when they said, Oh, here's a new belt that it was just going to be the same thing with a gold background. Yeah. It, it fell for the guy who has the belt for the last three plus years. For me, continues, continues the worst belt name in the history of ever and the worst looking belts in the history of ever. I don't care what anybody says. I will die on this hill. WWE Universal Championship belt with either a red strap or a blue strap is stupid. Mm -hmm. It's stupid. Your main champion, I don't take them seriously because they got a color-coded turbo light bright belt. 
that you just made that way to sell toys. I if you just did what they if they did what they revealed Friday a decade ago, and that's just been the belt, I'd love it. But not this continuing trend. And if that's what you're gonna do, it should not have taken this long to even show what it's going to look like. Yeah. Did all this waiting, all this hype, all this speculation, all of this calendar year on what's going to happen with Roman because he just can't keep holding two belts. Get a new belt and a redesigned belt. What do you ask? Kind of another thing I wanted to touch on, uh, kind of with the colored straps. Uh, and, and this did start with the championship, so completely blaming that era. I mean... When when kids want to buy toys, they want something to associate it with, and then they see all oh, red, raw, blue, SmackDown, all that crap, which, like, understandably for advertising and promotion, so be it. When you're talking about lineage, history, prestige with your championships, yes, you can't have like just any color belt, any like. Like and and I'll use this for an example because this this is probably the worst title in WWE history unless you guys can tell me other like active. What do you think I'm gonna say? Twenty four seven. The butterfly. The divas. Oh oh the divas. I don't. Well okay. Yes, as in that's maybe the most sexist belt ever. Uh, but like the twenty four seven. What the hell were we doing there? The same kind of what the hell with the OG, OG hardcore belt. For Mick Foley, it made sense. Yes. Like, or like that was kind of perfect for mankind, if we're going to be honest. But like the second he didn't hold that title, though, and somebody else held that title. Yeah. Why would the big boss man want to carry that title around? Or like Al Snow, actually, that kind of made sense, too, if I'm going to be honest. Didn't China win the hardcore belt, too? Or am I misremembering that? I mean, one of the Godfather's hoes won the hardcore title. (laughs) Yeah, but like, there there are so many championships in WWE history that you're like, why? Like, the Penny tag titles are a great design. Mm -hmm. Just, I I guess, poorly executed with the way it looked. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, that's a pretty cool design in my opinion, but just like the copper, the the copper texture. If it actually looked like a, if it looked like a, belt instead of a plate like and it was not silver or copper it was gold with a black strap yes i would be fine with it there's just there's there's so many ways to make those belts better than what they are and to be clear for our listeners it's not that the belts are colored no i mean i hate it it's just we're all in our 20s and early 30s like it's literally what did we grow up on? We didn't have color-coded belts. Mm-mm. We had a yeah. World Heavyweight Championship, just like there is now that they're reintroducing. It didn't have the big logo on it. It had a tiny-ass WWE logo at the very top and I'm said World Heavyweight Championship on fuck. it. Huh? I said, I'm also in my 30s and old as fuck. I'm just saying. Because <laughs> you're like, oh, okay. I'm in my 20s, and it's like, that's okay. I said early 30s, too. <laughs> well, I'm 24 and young as fuck, apparently. But... I'm going to touch back on my memory of actually buying one of those toy belts because I've had one of those toy belts in the past. I had Jeff Hardy's favorite wrestler of all time. I had his Intercontinental title when he's going through that feud with Humaga, which is one of my favorite feuds of all time. Mm-hmm. Such a good little guy. 
Yeah. And Such a good I didn't care what color that title was because Jeff Hardy had that title. Yep. I care about the wrestler who holds the title. That's what made me want the title. Not blue, red, green. Freaking if Dusty Rhodes had a polka dot title, I, I that'd be that fine. would actually be baller. Yeah. I almost said Pokemon. No, I feel I'm like, that same way now. Like, say, because like I always, I like the the IC belt ever since it's been introduced. It's been right. probably a lot of the least favorite of a lot of people's IC belts. But since Gunther's held it, that's changed a lot of people's minds. Aged it. Yeah, right. But I've owned that belt since it was available because right. I liked it. And Shinsuke even made it really good for me. But. Uh, when Gunther had it and he's had it now, that's how many pe- more people like that belt more because it's around his waist. Right. But it's the same it's... thing with you with Jeff Hardy. It's the same thing why I liked the world in the WWE tag team belts back when they were a thing because they were true tag teams that held them. Paul London and Brian Kendrick had me all over the SmackDown belts. Oh, I love Paul London. The Brian. The Brian so, Kendrick was a cool concept. But point proven, though. We had people who we knew what these belts stood for. Everyone wanted the World Heavyweight Championship because of Triple H and Batista and The Uh Undertaker. Everyone wanted the Spinner Belt because of John Cena. I mean, we need reasons for wanting these belts other than because they're color-coded. Yes. You can make your own belt. And I also want to... Like, if Undertaker had a purple strap, that makes sense, right? Like, the Fiend's title... Weird, very weird design, but went for him. Well, it's like all these legacy belts that they're making on WWE Shop right now. Imagine if those people had those versions of the belt when they had the actual championship. Be okay with me. I'd be okay with that. uh, Rey Mysterio's World Heavyweight Championship, how that legacy one is. That would be pretty cool. And it, it, I don't know. It's just like everyone, like John Cena getting the spinner belt because he had the belt. And then you get people like Edge who got to make it his own with the rated R spinner and right. uh, stuff like that. I mean, it's just when you look at Roman, Roman gets to say he had the same belt that's been around for 10 years with gold behind it. And that's his belt. Dude, there are kind of two points I want to make on this. One, also, customization's cool. I, I do want to point that out. There's nothing wrong with custom. Like, I'm going to use the Money in the Bank briefcases for an example. Like, early Money in the... Like, yeah, RBD's briefcase. Dude. Dude, Damien Sandow's. Damien Sandow's was good. Like, everyone's had... Like, Don't. It's, it's customized. It's customized Don't. for the wrestling. It was literally a briefcase that was etched with a freaking Money in the Bank logo. I'm... I, I'm... I'm. I don't have any qualms with Damian Sandow. I love Damian <laughs> Sandow. Give me Mr. Just, Kennedy. Mr. I Kennedy's just, wasn't that cool. RVD's was the coolest. Yes. Sue me. I'm. I'm a Mark, but <laughs> my everything reaction was more based around the fact that he was chosen to be a failed cash in. Character never recovered, and I have like intrinsic problems. Oh, yeah. Because he, John Cena said about Austin Theory, I believed everything Damien Sandow did, especially when he was Mrs. Stunt. Well, imagine now, this is the, this is a perfect segue, and I'm sorry to keep going into different things, but it's going to be the same feeling when LA Knight wins. He better customize a briefcase, I swear. I will. It's going to say yeah all over it. Better. And it has to say the yeah. thing is, is that again, if they give him this much of a run, 
to lose with that briefcase, I'm going to be so mad. He deserves a championship belt. I don't care if his character is supposed to be the, oh, I can be a champion or not. If he gets that briefcase and loses, I will be very disappointed. Uh, like, LA Knight is older. That would be my only... Like, I feel like, in terms of his prime, we didn't get to see his prime in WWE. It's not like he's not in his prime. I think character development-wise, he's as over as he can possibly get. Physically, he's not... He's He's gone through his fair share of injuries in the past. Like, I feel like, right now, he would have to... I, I think he'd have to be Cody. I think that'd make him more over than anything. Cody needs a world title and do that. Hopefully that could happen. Like same situation as next year, as we were talking about, like someone Cody could win at money in the bank. That would happen. If in this lifetime I get to see Cody versus LA Knight, Yeah. Or a world championship. Amazon is going to make so much money off of me for the amount of fresh underwear I would have to buy. I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen is that Cody's going to verse Roman at WrestleMania and LA Knight's going to cash in and he's going to do a second heist of the, or he's going to do a heist of the century like Seth. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't give me hope. <laughs> don't, don't give me hope. Don't do that. Okay. I'll get on the same track because I wanted to get in the money in the briefcase or money in the bank briefcase talk, but Back to prestige, like, I look at other promotions, and this is, like, we've had years where it's, like, the most deserving tag team has won the tag team titles. Hmm? Sammy and Kevin, in my opinion, with the way they did everything, deserve those tag team titles. I'm, I'm going to keep it as real as I can possibly make it. Austin Theory needs to, to like, I, I don't like him as U.S. champion. I don't. Hasn't worked. I'm over it. I'm looking at other promotions and their mid-card title. Like, okay, well, actually, now I'm looking at uh, AEW. Honestly, I don't want Wardlow holding the title. That's another conversation, another podcast, whatever. <laughs> uh, New Japan just had a television title made. You know who the champion is? Best technical wrestler. Okay, I'm actually not going to say best technical wrestler in the world. He can say that all he wants. The Osprey? Uh, Zack Sabre oh, Jr. Zack Sabre Jr., yeah. If you watch the Cruiserweight Classic, you know how good Zack Sabre Jr. is. That man, like, just the way he acts and just the strong-style British wrestling, he puts prestige behind anything he does. Gunther, same deal. Prestige behind anything he does. I want that in my champion. Austin Theory is not there yet. Not even close. You could say the same thing when Randy Orton had his first Intercontinental title run, or his only Intercontinental title run, if I believe. But I guess growing up, it made more sense, like just because I'm of what he was you, the doing. Lines between young Randy Orton and Austin Theory just shine right next to each other. I just think Randy Orton was so much better. He was, and it's just it's the timing part is that Austin Theory needs to change things up, or it's just going to continue to be stale until it's not going to be good for him anymore. I'm just like, I'm over it with him. I need something to happen. We need someone with prestige to hold a prestigious title, such as the United States Championship. Austin Theory is currently prestige title plate. Yes, completely. Like, I'm starting to associate that title plate specifically with all this room. 
if he wanted to be like as over as a heel as he possibly could have, WrestleMania, come out with the spinner. Literally, he could have done that. In my opinion, US that actually, title spinner? yeah, U.S. title spinner, that actually would have worked so well. Also, yes. if he would have kicked out of that AA, uh, just one. John Cena already said it. You lose, you lose. You win, you also lose. And he's so, losing right now. He is not Sheamus winning in any win sense. If he's gonna, if he's gonna first yes. the title, Sheamus should win. Yes. Now does Sheamus have that prestige? Your opinion? Yes. Okay. Because oh, Sheamus, yeah. Sheamus, Grand Slam champion is he not? No. Uh yeah. No, the IC belts or one of the belts. Is oh yeah, I see. Is the only one he hasn't won, which he had the chance whenever the Gunther thing was happening, but it didn't happen. So he's a belt short of Grand Slam. Yeah. But he's had enough of the other ones to yes. make it worth it. Enough of the other ones. But no, I think I think right now again, just with the money in the bank qualifiers and where we're going, it's it's that reset button has been hit. Can't say anything until it the ball gets rolling, which money in the bank will do it. And then the only other thing, like I said, I would change is the uh, is Austin Theory, you know, losing the belt for a while, at least while he's finding himself in whatever character he's trying to portray because it's not working. I I agree. I feel like we're about to hit our time. Did we cover everything? Yeah. Uh. No. We. Well, we kind of talked about it throughout the podcast. We think we all feel like LA Knight, our candidate to face for the until I hear more contestants. Yes. And then I we talked I said one thing about it in the beginning, but I wholeheartedly hope and believe that it's EO that wins. I don't if EO is not facing Asuka for the belt at Money in the Bank, yes. If she is, I don't want her pulling. Well, she's in uh, she's in the contenders matches. I think Bailey's gonna cost her that to continue their little think so. Yeah, that's floating in the background. What and then have um, her win instead? I I see three lanes for EO. Either wins the briefcase if she's not going to face Asuka. If she doesn't face Asuka, I don't know who Asuka faces. I feel faces. like the Money in the Bank match will be where damage control is officially broken up to the point that Bailey and EO are separated, but then Dakota Kai will come back from injury at some point to finish that story out. Yeah, Dakota Kyle come back from injury next year. Right, but then to finish out whatever it is, because they'll those two will be broken up. I do want to actually one one thing. One thing. I don't know if we'll get on a tangent about this. I know. I got one. I, I got you one. go first. Fine. Who wins? Talking to your mic. EO wins <laughs> against Asuka, takes the belt. Bailey wins the briefcase early in the night, cashes in on EO. Yeah, that's that's stirring nice the little pot. bow. Cinema. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice little bow, right there. Yeah, give Oscar the title, the uh, you know, reign she deserves. Why doesn't two stars like Bianca and Oscar work well together, or work better than it seems on paper? Because for me, Bianca, I'm using the actual. WWE video games as a template, if you will. Bianca fits into that powerhouse category 
like a um, Beth Phoenix. Mm-hmm. She fits that. Right. Asuka fits the more technical side of wrestling, where I think is Bianca's weak. Like, if Bianca's not being super big, super strong, I'm not really interested in watching Bianca do a technical match. And I don't know how capable she is of doing a technical match. And I think that brings down the match quality between her and Asuka. Right. Which is crazy to think about because Bianca and Io had a great match just last month. Fantastic Uh match. But for some reason, her and Asuka can't. Now, you could say maybe how that match is produced. Sure, because that finish at Backlash was horrible. Yeah. Just uh, like the more I think about it, the more it sits with me, marinates, hate it. Because uh-huh. you can tell, I mean, Bianca tries her best at acting like the mist did something to her, but she has to also realize they have that hard zoom in on the face and Asuka barely touched her. Like, yeah, so you I guys, uh, <laughs> when you guys <laughs> talked about that last week, it's like you literally like ate a Jolly Rancher, like wiped your hand on your tongue and then put it in her eyes. Like it didn't look like it did anything. Didn't get anything on her face and you're spazzing that about it. for the title. Her out, out of this reign of terror, that's what ended it. Yeah, it, and it's crazy. Like, I also think powerhouse works well against a high flyer more than a powerhouse works well against a technician. That's not the case for everyone. No, not at all. But I think specifically throughout at least the past 20 years, history-wise in women's wrestling, that's kind of how it's been. Like, you have people that can do high-flying stunts, things of that nature, like... Nikki James is no high flyer, but I think she resembles more of a high flyer than a technician. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like Mickey James has more verticality to her offense right. than Asuka does. Asuka's just going to wear you down Asuka's and be mean. Striker. That's actually more accurate. Striker more so than a technician. Um, and for whatever reason, it's just not working enough right. between those two. But Asuka versus anybody else? Fireworks. I know Ashka versus Eo. That will light. I don't know. I I wanted Bianca to lose because I was tired of her being the gatekeeper, and I was ready for her character to be the chaser again. But it needs to be against not Ashka. Her against Rhea may work. They work real well. I don't think we'll get that anytime soon. No, that's but, that's, no, that's, that's, that's women's main event. Up. That's women's yeah. main event for 40. Guarantee it. But I think that's a good way to end this episode. Is just I think we I think we're in a good spot right now. It it's hard to it's hard to be upset with anything at the moment because there's too many things being put in place, but besides Lacey Evans getting opportunities she no longer deserves. Yeah. But Shotzi's still in there too, so um Shotzi at least has a tank. Or it's ending. Or ending the episode. <laughs> Take us out. Instagram. Tw- oh, follow us. <laughs> on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. Also listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music, and YouTube. Final thoughts. Actually, congratulations once again, Randall. Good job. We love you, buddy. Our little boy's becoming a big man. All right. Other than that, I'm good. How about you, boys? Until next time, we're too heavy. Thanks for tuning in. Peace out. Zach, let me know when your camera's off. Oh, yeah.
I walk away. All right, hold nothing. On. I walk out of the shot. I have to nothing. Have to Randy ever says about Nia Jax is relevant for anything. I don't know when he became the super president of the Nia Jax fan club. Starting to consider it as an act of domestic terrorism. He needs help. I'm hoping becoming a man helps him. I don't know why I have to be in shot for this. 